0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the library. Uh, Just got back from Tacoma. Had a little bit of time to reflect on the trip. It was excellent. Uh, It was a great experience. Uh, First of all, thank you so much to the Tacoma Comedy Club. If anyone from that club hears this, I mean, that was... I'm just so grateful to be able to get to go on stage that night. I mean, the... So, basically, it was an open mic night, but... All 20 spots have been filled for like months. The waiting list is, you know, months long to get up. You have to sign up way in advance. But basically, I just got there like an hour early. And uh, I was just talking to the workers all the time, telling them I've been doing stand-up for almost a year now. I've been just told them all about how hard I've been trying, how much I write and stuff. And, you know, I guess I won them over because they had a few random spots on the list, but they got pulled out of a bucket. And uh, they they asked me what my name was before the show. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure they just kind of wrote me in, which was really awesome. I'm like, I'm super grateful for that because, man, that crowd, there's just such a different culture for comedy up there. I don't know if it's uh, the, the Northwest in general or the West in general or if it was just that city compared to Pensacola. But, I mean... Uh, There was probably 20 to 30 people in the crowd, but it felt like 50 because, I mean, everyone there was like they there was older couples out on dates. There was there was even teenagers just hanging out at the comedy club. It was really cool. And everyone was like ready for comedy. So you went up there, you told your jokes and like they were everyone ate it up. I mean, there was I can't really think of a comedian that bombed that night, you know. The the crowd was good, but I mean in general the comedians, the comedians are a little better, you know they just because everyone up there seems to take it a lot more serious. When everyone started filing in that was on the list, and I heard them talking and I heard the first few people go on stage, I was like started getting nervous because I could just tell that in a way it was like a different breed, you know because there's. Tacoma's only half an hour away from Seattle, so there's, you know, a good little bit of stand-up stuff in Seattle, but Tacoma itself has a really good, like, stand-up scene. There's the, there's two locations of the Tacoma Comedy Club, and there's a bunch of other places that have, you know, shows and open mics, but there, there was a, there was a lot of really good Tacoma-bred comedians, and uh, it was very impressive and kind of, kind of intimidating at first but uh i went up like 11th and no one <laughs> by the time you get to the 11th comedian at a show in Pensacola or a, or an open mic at least half your audience is definitely gone um but everyone was still there everyone was still fired up for comedy cuz every comedian was going out there and giving it like a really good shot and it made me you know step up my game a little i feel like but I was already really prepared. I wanted to do good anyway. But uh I went up and I mean honestly, I'm not I'm not one to just say this, but I really I rocked the house, dude. It was probably the single most pivotal point in my comedy career since I started just because of how much confidence that gave me. Like I feel I feel like I could invite anyone I know, anyone in the world out to one of my shows now and and feel Feel okay about them hearing my jokes, you know? I like, I finally feel like I can represent myself with my stand-up. And uh, it's like a really cool feeling, dude. It, it makes me want to just go everywhere, go to every city I can and try to get on stage. It' uh, Super, super excited to go forward. I have a show on the 28th, by the way, in Pensacola if you're a local, please come out. I'll get you in for free. I will. It's $5, but I will pay anyone that wants to see me. I'll pay for you to come. I don't think it's worth you paying money yet, but, uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, the comedy, man, the comedy was great. Uh, I, uh, yeah. What else? Seattle, the city itself of Seattle, that was really cool. We went, we spent two days pretty much in the actual city. Uh, it it was it wasn't what I really expected it to be. It kind of it didn't really feel that different from any other big city that I've been to in the south. It's the first first place I've been to up north, so I was expecting all this stuff. But honestly, I couldn't really tell anything different other than the weather and uh, the the nature. Other than that, it just kind of felt like, gay New Orleans, you know? Uh, It was really cool, though. I mean, I'm was i not going to lie. I was going up there kind of expecting everything to be, like, a different world and all the people to be, like, I don't know, different in some way. I don't really know what I was expecting, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Like, every place we went into, it just felt like I was, you know, down south. We went to this one little coffee shop, one morning, me and my dad just walked to it, and uh, the waitress was super friendly. Everyone was really nice, and that the, it was our first experience with any locals, and we were like, whoa, this is cool, and then there was biscuits and gravy on the menu, and it was phenomenal. We were like, what the hell? Everyone lied to us about traveling up north, and, uh, and there was just a bunch of random occurrences like that where it would just... it would something you would you wouldn't necessarily expect to see and it's like huh everyone kind of seems the same and then i was talking to a lot of comedians outside of the club about that about how you know a lot of people you tell them around here you're like yeah i'm going up to seattle and they're oh at liberal sissies blah 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 you know and yeah everything's a little like more progressive but at the end of the day nothing is different there's different flags and different signs in the stores. You see less tread on me and more, you know, coexist. But it really, other than that, same shit. It's really funny how how the media wants to... And I know I, I, this, is, this isn't this is cliche, but it's just funny how the media uh, tries to divide people like that. It's like, whoa, it doesn't even matter. We're in... We're in the opposite of the, the southeast. We're in the, the northwest. Everything is so different, but the people were exactly the same. It was really cool. Uh, we spent one day, we went up to Mount Rainier. I would highly recommend that. That is that is insane, dude. You you drive, you see it for like an hour and a half, and it doesn't really look real. And you get closer and closer, and you, you kind of realize how big it is. And once you're at the base of it, you look up at it and it takes up like a third of the sky. And it just it, it's hard for you to comprehend that it's just one big mass of earth. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then uh what else? There was there was like this lookout point, and I didn't know you weren't supposed to walk out there, but basically there was kind of a little path that people would beat down. And I went out to the edge of this cliff, and I was just like looking down it. And, uh, and I, I kind of looked under me and I realized I was on like a little, you know, two foot brick of dirt, just hanging over, you know, thousands of feet. It was, it was, it was so far below that, you know, it, it looks like, it looks like a painting. It looks like a, like a video. It's like, it's weird when you see something that far away or some when you're that high up doesn't really make any sense, especially especially me, someone who's lived in the flattest state their entire life. But uh yeah, that was like that was really weird. Um didn't really see any animals at Mount Rainier. When we were leaving though, so the the national forest is huge that the the mountain is actually in. And so we realized on our way out of the the national park that we had like 20 miles left in our in my dad's cousin's truck. He was the one driving. We had like 20 miles left in the truck, and we were you know at least 60 miles to the nearest gas station. Cause it's just you know the thickest, craziest forest that you can imagine in these giant. You know it's in a big old mountain range. Just steep roads. There's no gas stations anywhere. There's no stores. There's no restaurants. It's just woods. You're in the hills. So we're almost out of gas. We pull over into this little, you know, it's like an old gas station, but it's cl- it clearly doesn't work anymore. So we pull over there just to like have somewhere to call and tell AAA where to meet us to bring us gas. So we're thinking we're about to have to wait here for a few hours, starving, waiting for gas just to drive another hour to get to, you know, a gas station, and so, uh, we're, we're about to call AAA, and I'm like, you know what, I gotta get out, I'm just, I, I, I get out, me and my, my dad gets out, we start looking around, and then we see a sign that says, it's handwritten, it says gas, with an arrow, and it's like, what the hell, so we, you know, obviously follow the arrow, and there's a dude just selling gas out of his, out of his house, Walks out of his front porch. He's filling up a motorcycle. That guy pulled off. And he was like, yep, 10 bucks a gallon. Which, you know, you can't really blame him. I mean, 10 bucks a gallon is kind of a steal when there's no other option. So we bought like five gallons of gas from this guy. Offered us some weed. Politely declined. Because he looked, you know, kind of sketchy. Uh, but it was just, it was kind of weird. It was like one of the coolest things ever, just this random hillbilly, this, like, northeast hillbilly weird guy with no teeth, like, hey, man, here's some gas. Uh, I could could never have expected that, but he saved our freaking lives. But uh, other than that, man, nothing really notable happened. It was really nice just walking around the woods. That's what we ended up doing most of the time. Uh, if you ever get the chance to go up that way, you, you have to spend some time in the woods, man. That's, that's what this planned episode was actually supposed to be about. Uh, was this was before I, before I even like, I wrote, I wrote the not the script, but I wrote the outline for this episode before I even went on the trip. And then I went on the trip and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just proving my point even more. But, the whole point of this episode was supposed to be, uh, you know, just talking about how going out in nature has like helped me change my mood so much there. There's a, uh, a famous philosopher or something like that. I think it was Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau might've been him. I can't remember though. Someone it's a quote. I don't even remember the quote exactly. I I could have looked it up, but I don't give a fuck about this podcast, Um, it was something, but the quote was like, uh, don't, don't trust any emotion you feel unless you've spent 30 minutes walking in the woods or something gay like that. I don't know, but it's really true, man. You go out in the woods and you walk around for like half an hour. You're gonna, you're gonna like figure out how you should actually feel about something. It's kind of hard to just be completely alone in the woods with nothing on and uh and still be mad about something retarded you're just not gonna do it it i know that sounds weird but if you don't spend a lot of time in nature it's kind of it's kind of hard to understand it sounds it sounds really dumb but it's so powerful and i i have this little uh it's about seven miles but there's shorter loops on it but it's it's like five minutes from my house so it works out perfectly. Whenever I feel like I need to, I just go walk around the woods. And sometimes I listen to music, but usually I try to just have nothing in, because that's how I feel like you get the most out of it. You know what I mean? You just, nothing, just walk around. Don't try to, try not to be on your phone. Try not to look at anything. Just to, just experience all the sounds and all the smells. It's a, it's a very calming thing there's a lot of different people in my life right now including me that you know going through like just random things that that really put a lot of stress on you you know what i mean i have family members friends people i don't even like that i can think about that could really benefit from like just going out in the woods and walking around and just thinking just strolling man you you got to do it and and it's the times that you don't want to that you really need to when you feel when it does when it feels gay and retarded that's really when you need to do it cuz that's a sign that you need to go decompress when you're just like man that sounds stupid to even even lower my anxiety right now and not be stressed out and maybe change my mood for the better. That sounds dumb and gay right now. That's a big sign that you need to go do that. That's something I struggle with a lot is like when I'm down in the dumps, I just, it, it's hard for me to initially start crawling out of it. I just want to like keep digging deeper. But just go making yourself go and walk around because it really doesn't take a whole lot of effort other than restraint from being on your phone or, you know, listening to music or something, but it doesn't, you don't really have to do much other than just walk around. And it's a really good first step in the right direction. But I don't know. I didn't, I had a whole bunch of studies pulled up and stuff, but I don't really think I need to go as in depth on that. You had the whole Tacoma recap. I doubt anyone's still listening anyway. Trying to keep all the newer episodes under 20-ish minutes. That's like the average car ride, you know what I mean? So, give everyone a chance to pop me on once throughout the day and listen to the whole episode. But uh, if you're still here, please come to my show on October 28th. You can just DM the podcast. I'll tell you, you know, when and where and all that stuff. And uh, if you can't afford a ticket, I I really don't mind buying one five dollars you know it feels silly to invite someone out to pay to come see me for to do you know eight minutes so uh yeah just dm me i'll get you in uh thanks for listening i'll see y'all later